Well, hello everybody. Long time no chat. <laughs> um, it has been a while. I did not intend on taking this long of a hiatus from the podcast, but life kind of happened. And then last week, my body just decided to get laryngitis. So, you know, I had plans to record several things last week and it just never happened. So, you know, just got to roll the punches, I guess. But hello. Welcome back to the I'm Telling You What podcast. I'm your host, Blakely, and thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you are new here, um, thank you again for choosing my podcast to listen to today. Um, just a little bit about me. I love true crime. <laughs> I always have. And um, I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Um, if you like anything that's mysterious or intriguing or questionable and those things interest you then you have definitely come to the right place um I do what I can to insert some lightheartedness when it's appropriate because a lot of these cases can be very heavy and sometimes after listening to things you're just kind of like I just need to go listen to a Disney movie now or watch a Disney movie now and that's okay so I try to keep things a little lighthearted when I can because it can be pretty dark and pretty heavy. So that's kind of the vibe I'm trying to bring here. Um, so yeah, I hope that you'll keep coming back and listening to these episodes because I have some fun things in store. Um, I obviously plan on doing more true crime, but I also plan on doing other things like mysterious places or interesting stories, that kind of thing. So it's not just going to be straight true crime all day, every day. Um, but I have plans and I know I've said that in the past. I never followed through with them because life, but I'm serious this time. I'm making the time. <laughs> I've been a busy lady, but it's all good. I'll make it work. So, um, yeah, thanks again for coming along for the ride. And today's episode is very important. And I figured this would be a good way to start off the third season um, in the first episode back after a long time because we have a major update in the Jared Bridegan murder investigation um, to talk about. And the update is that an arrest has been made. Yeah, I have been waiting to to say that for so long since I made the first episode. And I'm just really glad and um, excited that I get to say that now. Um, the job is still not done, but this is a huge step in the right direction. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about what's been transpiring over the last couple of months in the Jared Bridegan investigation, because I'm telling you what, it doesn't just stop here with this arrest.
Okay, friends, yes, you heard that right a second ago. An arrest has been made in the Jared Bradigan investigation. And I'm a straight to the point kind of person. So let's get going and talk about how this all came to be and how it all happened. So on January 25th of this year, Jacksonville Beach Police Department, along with the state attorney's office, announced the arrest of 61-year-old Henry Tenen in connection with the murder of Jared Bridegan on February 16th of 2022. You can watch the press conference um, when they announced the arrest. It's on YouTube. And um, I, I actually think you should watch it, um, of course, if you're interested, because you will learn one thing in particular. Henry Tenen did not act alone. This statement was actually made by state attorney Melissa Nelson, and she said, we know Henry did not act alone. Point blank, sis. Um, and with that said, here's what Henry Tenen was actually arrested for. One, second degree murder with a weapon. Two, accessory after the fact to a capital felony. Three, child abuse. And wait for it, conspiracy to commit murder. For those of you who are not well-versed in law, like myself, here is what conspiracy to commit murder means. This is the actual definition. To convict someone of this charge, there must be evidence of an intention to enter into an agreement to kill. Did you catch that? An agreement cannot be made with one person, right? Like, duh. It involves other people. But I think the question now is, how many people besides Henry Tennant were involved? If you followed this, this, if you've followed this case closely, I truly think you can answer that at this point. So for Henry Tennant to be formally charged with this means that there must be hard evidence that supports this. The police have been investigating this for over a year now. And some people may have wondered why it took so long for this to happen. And I'll tell you why. It's because they want whoever is responsible to pay for this. Because there are plenty of cases where perpetrators are allowed to walk free because one simple thing was not carefully looked at. There's tons of examples of that. I'll let you research that on your own. But I don't think the police in, in investigating this murder are going to let anything go. They are leaving no stone unturned. No one is safe here. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, theory, um, what's the word I'm trying to, I'm imaginatively looking at, um, one lady in particular. Anyways, um, I'm just being petty. So the police have sealed the warrant, warrant affidavit. I cannot talk. The police have sealed the warrant affidavit, which an affidavit is, it goes into detail as to what led to the arrest. Um, but they've sealed this for Henry Tennant and it will not be released for another 30 days as of a few days ago. Um, well, actually, oh, when I typed this up, it was a few days ago, but as of February 23rd, <laughs> um, it's not going to be released for another 30 days. So hopefully by the end of this month, it's March right now, hopefully by the end of this month, that affidavit will be um, open and available to the public. Um, there was already a 30-day seal on the affidavit when Hen when Tenen was arrested on January 25th, but prosecutors sought to keep this sealed for a longer period of time. And I think this is because of a few things. 
Um, once affidavits are unsealed, it becomes public public record. And in a case such as this, which has garnered national attention, certain eyes may be looking at this. <clears throat> Making such information public could also tip off those involved. <clears throat> yeah. They could flee, they could make plans, and keeping the affidavit like this sealed could also keep the family safe. Because you never know what information could be in it that would give away certain or crucial details pertaining to the victim's family members. And I highly doubt law enforcement would want that for the family. Um, but as for the co-conspirators, I hope you know that your days are numbered and they're coming for you. And there's a reason why you can't see the affidavit. It's so that you won't go very far away. <laughs> That's right. So, um, speaking of going to faraway places, I also want to share something interesting, um, an observation that I made, um, one day. So the route I take to work every day goes right by Shanna's home. Um, how do I know where she lives? Well, <laughs> unfortunately I, um, know where she lives because I saw and uh, read a daily mail article that I stumbled upon, um, last year when I was reading about all this and they had a picture of their home on there. And when I saw that picture, I was like, holy crap, I drive by that house every freaking day going to work. Like what? I've been driving by this crazy lady's house every day and I had no idea. So yeah, you can imagine my um, shock. But because I knew this information, it wasn't very hard to tell when someone was home. Um, you know, cars would be in the driveway, the trash would get put on the street, blah, blah, blah. Until one day, I would say in like, I think October, I noticed a sectional couch sitting on the street and I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Um, maybe they just, you know, got a new couch. But it wasn't until a few days later that I realized what was actually going on. Uh, there was a massive U-Haul truck in the driveway. It was a big one. Like the one that you pack everything in your house into big. Um, and ironically, although I don't think it's ironic, um, that same day, so I passed by their house that morning and probably an hour or two later, I was tipped off by someone, um, about police finding something, um, linking the killer to the crime. Like, obviously we didn't know who the killer was at that day, but someone told me, Hey, I heard this you might want to like keep that in your back pocket. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you are not going to believe what I just saw this morning. <laughs> um, so once I got that little piece of information, all of my internal alarms started going off and it hit me. These people are running. Why else would you leave given the timing of everything? You know, I don't, I don't want to share what this person told me because I don't want to compromise anything, but it was a huge piece of information. And, um, yeah, I'll just say that. A huge piece of information that changed everything, I think, and um, allowed the police to get DNA evidence. So I'll just say that. But the first thing that I really thought was, um, okay, so here you are with a U-Haul in your driveway. First of all, A, where are you going to go? Um, 
Because if you remember in the first episode, Jared and Shanna share twins together and the son has a heart condition that requires him to live at sea level. So that's kind of why they moved back to Jacksonville when Jared and Shanna were married because his son's health um, would be in jeopardy if they lived anywhere else, like up north where they were. And so I was kind of like, so are they moving to somewhere else in Florida maybe? Because like, I don't know. I just figured maybe they're just trying to live somewhere that's a little bit more private. And FYI, they actually lived right down the street from the Jacksonville Beach Police Department. So (laughs) how about that? Um, But it wasn't until later on that I found out that Shanna moved to Washington State with the twins. Um, I can't remember how exactly I found that out, but I was a little floored considering the son's heart condition. So I was kind of like, so why the sudden move? Were things starting to close in? And that could be why. Because after all, Henry Tennan was arrested three months after Shanna and the twins moved. Now, is Washington far away? Yes. But do I think there are still eyes on Shanna? Yes. I can't imagine that law enforcement would allow her or Mario to get too far out of reach, you know, because they've never been like formally announced as um, suspects, but everybody knows that they are, you know, like they're definitely persons of interest. Um, But that also brings up something else here. Um, From what I understand, Mario did not make the move to Washington. Why? I don't know. Um, As far as I know, and something that I heard in my research is he is right now in Orlando with his family somewhere living there. Um, But I truly do feel in my heart that we are very close to something. And I don't know why I feel that way, but something just feels close. Like it's something, it just feels like something's coming. And another arrest is obviously imminent because of the conspiracy to commit murder. And we will see what comes of that and who was actually arrested and charged. But we definitely know that police, I think, have a good idea of who else is involved with all this. So let's switch gears again here. Um, Because you may be asking yourself, okay, I hear you talking about Mario and Shanna and Henry Tennant. So what's the connection between all of them? (laughs) I'm going to tell you, and this is going to blow your mind. If you already know this information, I don't see how you still can't be shocked. I mean, it's kind of like deep down, you knew there was a connection, but whenever you hear how it probably came to be, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So, I'll tell you how they're connected. Um, Henry Tenen was renting a home owned by Mario Fernandez, who was married to Shanna, in case you did not know. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the big connection right there. Um, Kirsten was asked about that part, um, in several interviews And she said something along the lines of Henry living in an area that wasn't even remotely close to where the crime took place. So in other words, this man had to drive across town to commit the crime. He did not live close by. And that alone suggests planning had to have taken place 
which is what this man was charged with. Why would a random guy renting a home from Mario all of a sudden want to kill Jared? Why? How? So, obviously, conspiracy to commit murder, like I said, involves more than one person. An agreement had to be made with the intent to kill or harm. So, I think you can conclude your own opinion there. But how did Mario and Henry actually meet? That's what I wanted to know. That's what I wanted to find out. And I think I may have found it. Henry did a lot of contractor work at several of Mario's rental properties. And Henry also lived with a roommate. And this roommate basically said that Henry was a hardworking guy. He was up early in the mornings working on stuff usually. And he used to take care of his dad who has now sadly passed away. But nothing really seemed amiss with Henry um, per this roommate. And he went on to say that Henry did in fact, yes, like, yeah, he did do jobs for Mario here and there when he was asked to. And this roommate also talked about things that happened with the police after Jared was murdered. This roommate, who we don't know the name of, I'm sure I could find that, but that wasn't too important to me. But um, this roommate recalled four separate times that the police came to their home. Um, and in one of those instances, the police kicked the door down, turned the place upside down, and they were looking for a gun, a truck, and they took all of Henry's clothes. And the roommate was at some point um, in these interactions with police was taken in for questioning where he was grilled for about four hours about any information he had on um, Henry and Jared's death. And the roommate flat out said, I just sat there and told him I have no idea about any of this. Henry would just crash on the couch when he needed a place to stay. That is all I knew. Now, prior to Henry Tennant's arrest in January, he was actually already a convicted felon. So he's got a rap sheet. He has a past. Um, and he was actually already in jail since August of 2022. So about six months after Jared was killed, Henry was arrested after cops found a shotgun in his car during a traffic stop. And when you're a convicted felon and you are caught with a firearm on you, on your person, that is a big no-no. Big no-no. They're going to arrest, they're going to arrest your ass again. So that's what they did. So after the arrest was announced in January, Kirsten went to several media outlets to discuss this break in the case. And she had specifically said that she hopes Henry will name his accomplices and share information regarding Jared's death. And obviously no one knows if he's cooperating and we won't know that until the affidavit is released, I think. But I'm hopeful that the police are doing everything they can to figure out exactly who is a part of this. And <clears throat> kind of like we mentioned earlier, the affidavit was sealed for 30 days initially and then after that, they said, no, we don't want to release this to the public yet. We want to keep it sealed for another 30 days. I think that could also be because Henry Tennant's not cooperating. And maybe they're trying to give themselves some time to work with him or talk to him or, um, you know, tie up some loose ends or something before it's released to the public. So I don't know. That could be it. But what do I know? Um, but my theory 
And I think everyone's theory that has either listened to this episode um, or people that I've talked to in person about this, everyone generally has the same theory in that it's it was a murder for hire. Um, I won't go any further than that, but obviously with the shooter arrested, um, they must have had, you know, some hard evidence. I mean, they had to. Obviously, they won't be able to arrest you without, inc- like, indisputable evidence. So, um, oh, by the way, and for the shooter to even be arrested. Oh, I just said that. Oh, my Lord. I can't read my notes. Anyways, with Henry Tennant arrested, it's now time to pin the other accomplices. And like I said before, their time is coming. (laughs) They may be walking free right now in Washington State and Orlando, Florida, but I can guarantee you eyes are on them. And it's only a matter of time. Like you're telling me that these people can move away and they think people are just gonna forget about it and let let them be about their business like no I I just I cannot see that happening I I think they're being watched I think somehow people are keeping tabs on them um the they know where they are the law enforcement that either Jacksonville Beach police or the police in Washington State, I don't know. I I just think that they're not going to just let someone like that simply travel to wherever they want. It's I just don't think it works that way. Um, but let's now talk about something positive. And let's talk about Kirsten and the good that she has done in the community and in other states. Um, so you may be, you may remember me talking about Bexley boxes. Um, and you can go look all of this up on Kirsten's Instagram, justice for Jared B. And you can look through her, um, highlight her story highlights that she has. And she talks all about them and she shows the process of putting them together. It's so cool. I love it. But these are boxes that Kirsten has put together to give to police stations so that kids in similar situations as Bexley have comfort items and things to do while they're at the police station. This is a brilliant idea. It has been very successful. And I have seen that Kirsten has traveled to place. I think she's traveled to Texas. She's traveled to multiple law enforcement um, or police stations in Florida. Like she's been taking, she's been busy. And I think it's amazing. It is so cool. And um, to think about what her daughter went through at two, like, and to be at a police station by yourself, without your mom, without your dad, without anyone that you know, for her to think of this idea, to put comfort items and little activities and things to do for children, that's amazing. That That's like a, that's a need that you don't know, uh, how am I trying to say? That's a need that you don't think about until you're in that situation. And so, um, sadly, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. Sadly, things happen that put you in that place where you are forced to think about things like that. And I hate that very much, but she saw a need and she took care of it. And I think that's, that's insane. I, I just love it. Um, but she has done interviews with several media outlets in Florida, and she's also done, um, an interview with Dr. Phil. I highly recommend watching that. Um, I think it's on YouTube. It should be on YouTube. That's how I watched it. But you really need to check that out. It's very informative. And like I said, when you watch it 
especially after you watch that, you're like, okay, I really feel like something is close. I just can't help but feel that way. I hope it is. But um, that is kind of where things are as of now. We're just kind of sitting and waiting. It is uh, March 11th right now. And I'm hoping that that affidavit is released in the next couple of weeks. And that we will know something and we will know exactly what police found. Um, hard evidence. Hopefully DNA evidence that they found that led to the arrest of Henry Tennant. And I hope that he starts talking because he needs to. I really hope so. I'm sure that he was paid off. I'm sure of it. But, and you can, you can listen to why I feel that way because Shanna's family has a, how should I say, affluent, um, history there. Um, I have no doubt that he was paid off. So he may not want to talk, but I'm, I'm thinking they might get him to talk. But anyways, that's where things are as of now. Keep your eyes peeled on the news. Highly recommend looking at News 4 Jacks, as in like the number four, News 4 Jacks. If you're not from Florida, um, stay tuned to that Facebook page or to their website because they post some good updates and they're very factual. Um, I think they're very honest reporters. So, And they've interviewed Kirsten several times too since the crime took place. So I highly recommend keeping up with them over a lot of other outlets, but go watch the Dr. Phil episode with Kirsten. Um, and then yeah, stay tuned. Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to make another update very soon. So you guys stay safe out there. Thanks for joining me. I hope this first episode back wasn't a train wreck, but you know, I'm just getting warmed up. I've got more coming. All right. Stay safe out there and I'll see you for, I'll not really see you, but I'll, Be happy if you join me for the next one. (laughs) Bye.